Hello, everyone, and welcome to Nisa Today FC Podcast. I'm Josh Taylor. It's another Wednesday night that we're recording this podcast, and we still don't have a schedule. Ugh. But January 31st is almost here, guys. But anyways, we still got news to talk about Nisa, so we'll make the most of this episode tonight. Talk about what's actually going on, Nisa. We got at least one club with a big preseason game this weekend. That would be the boys in blue. And we got plenty of league news to talk about. And of course, we got to talk about some Nisa Nation. They got some stuff going on there as well. And for my final thoughts, I'm going to talk about the Nisa Affiliate Leagues. And we got to talk about the Midwest Premier League's aggressive expansion into Michigan. So I'll talk about all that and more on an exciting episode of Nisa Today FC. Welcome back to the show, guys. And as I mentioned in the intro, as recording on this podcast on a Wednesday night, another Wednesday night goes by and we still don't have a schedule. And I don't know what to tell you guys. I mean, January 31st is right around the corner. It's going to be here days. But, uh, you know, trying to you know stay positive and we'll see, guys. We'll see. Hopefully, when U.S. soccer gets their audit done and Nisa can confirm teams and coordinate with them what their schedule and where they're going to play these games and all this stuff, we'll have a schedule soon. I just hope it's not like last year where the U.S. Open Cup committee announced the schedule for the tournament and the Nisa teams were announced first before the league actually announced the full schedule. So I hope we don't get a repeat of that this year. But... I'm feeling deja vu. Here we go again. But let's talk about what's going on in the league. I figured instead of the last couple episodes where we've been like, oh, doom and gloom and rumors and are we going to have a season or not or this and that and all this stuff, I figured try to lighten the mood a bit. You know, let's boost the vibe for this podcast episode. Yes, old Bay Brigade, I'm feeling you guys because all week you guys have been chirping on Anissa. Stop posting about LA Force and the tryouts and, you know, come on, do your part, Nisa. Let's go. And, you know, oh, Nisa at Nisa League, we are waiting. Seriously, do something for us, please. You're killing our vibe. So, <laughs> uh, so. Hopefully this episode will boost the vibe a bit. But let's talk about what's actually going on. We got Chattanooga FC. They have a big preseason match on Saturday, January 20th against Atlanta United. And I'm looking forward to this match. I don't know if they announced if they're going to stream the match. I think they are. but So I'll try to watch it. If not, if it's not streaming, then I'll follow all the updates 
it's most likely I'll probably be at work, but I'm still going to, one way or another, follow what's going on. I've been seeing on Chattanooga FC, on their social media, they've been interviewing some of the players, including new goalkeeper, Gene Antoine. And they also interviewed, I uh, saw their interview they did with uh, Coach Rod Underwood. So this team is focused, they're prepared, they're, they're ready to go. And, you know, Chattanooga FC, they have history with Atlanta United. They played them in the past. They played them last year in the U.S. Open Cup. So this would be a great test for Chattanooga FC as they kick off the preseason. The only other team that's kicked off the preseason so far has been Club De Leon FC. And I know LA Force, they have their tryouts this weekend. Yes, Old Bay Brigade, I saw your tweets on that. <laughs> and it's kind of funny. And um, they'll have their preseason shortly after that on February 11th when they take on LAFC. Now, the only interesting story I found, at least on Nisa, since we don't have a lot of headlines going on on this episode, was from the first team podcast they posted on their website via Medium about, you know, our old pizza friend, Lawrence Gerard and what he's been up to. So he shared some information about what the store for Chicago House AC and New Amsterdam FC in 2023. Now, the only reason I'm sharing this article is because, like I said, he, he posts some interesting information, and it wasn't even about pizza. Now, he talked about Chicago House, that they did receive a formal offer from the National Premier Soccer League to participate in the NPSL in 2023 and 2024. But he said, however, that Peter Wilt declined the MPSL's offer because MPSL attempted to impose rules on Chicago House that would only apply to us and not other MPSL teams. We will not participate in any league that charges a different amount of money to different teams in that league. We will only participate in a league where each team is treated as a true equal and each team contributes the same amount of money to the league and has equal voting power. He also claimed that the league, the MPSL, is what I'm referring to here, that they put a restriction on First Amendment right of freedom of speech against certain owners in our club, and that they will not agree to participate in a league that attempts to restrict the First Amendment right to freedom of speech of our owners. So I thought that was odd, but if I remember right, remember last year when we had all that drama with Lawrence Gerard and the commissioner, John Pruch, and the league, and Teams had a vote, kicked them out, all that hot mess. And now there's a lawsuit about that whole hot mess and that whole situation. So, you know, crazy stuff. And it's crazy that it was like a year ago, and here we are a year later, and you feel like nothing's changed. So, uh, but I probably remember when Lawrence Gerard was going on his Twitter rant and was, you know, sharing stuff about the league, the commissioner, some of the owners in the league, and I know some of the Nisa owners weren't happy about that, clearly. So I wonder if that has to do with why the MPSL maybe decided, okay, you can join our league, but we're going to have to restrict what you say. I mean, that's not cool, but I can kind of understand if, based on Lawrence Gerard's history here, if maybe that's why the MPSL decided to do that. But Chicago House and New Amsterdam said no, and, you know, the MPSL and similar to other soccer leagues in the U.S., they require expansion teams to agree to terms and bylaws. And it's up to the member clubs that have to enforce changes on those. 
And he also said that MPS don't want Charlie House to pay more money and all this stuff. And he also said that this is the same problem, not just in MPSL, but apparently in NISA as well. And he cited NISA talking about randomly enforcing when clubs would pay league dues and has different clubs with different voting rights, et cetera, et cetera. And he was, of course, referring to Bob Freeland and the LA Force and the veto power. Now, it's been, you know, very, very crazy with Lawrence Gerard, you know, trying to keep himself in the news. But one thing you kind of wonder is if Gerard isn't in his ownership group, can't accept certain league bylaws and operating rules, then how are they going to be back to joining a pro league? And he kind of decided the same thing about all the owners of the same league should have the same rules and applying different rules, different owners is something that we're not going to be signed up for and restricting our First Amendment rights of freedom of speech. We're not cool with that. And we will only participate in the league where all owners are treated exactly the same in terms of money, fees, voting, and rights. Now, I could be wrong, but as far as I know, all the leagues in the U.S. soccer have bylaws and operating rules and different structures, okay? MLS has single entity. Uh, USL with the championship in League One, they have like a franchise kind of model, similar to, you know, MLS with the single entity thing. But the difference is with USL is since it's a franchise, not a club, if your team is doing poorly in one market, you can either self-relocate to League One or you can apply to move to a, another market. You know, examples we've seen recently. Yeah, so what happened with Fresno, for, for example? Fresno FC, you know, they were struggling. They getting not get a stadium, all that. So they shut down and then he moved to Monterey and now it's Monterey Bay FC. We saw it with uh, East Bay. East Bay, the expansion team that was going to be in USL, they couldn't get a, a deal done or anything in a stadium. So they sold those rights to Oakland Roots and that's how they moved up from NISA to USL Championship. And the Miami FC, another former NISA club, you know, Oakland, or Oakland, sorry, the Ottawa Fury, they weren't going to be back in the, USL Championship, so they sold their rights to the Miami FC. So we've seen that happen. And, you know, NISA, you know, we talked about their ownership structure being kind of weird where LA Force has more, you know, stake more in the league, more voting power than other teams in that NISA. And I know some of these teams aren't probably pleased with that, but from what we've understand, that had to happen after 2020 with the pandemic and trying to keep the league afloat and not sure where things are going to stand on that anytime soon. But you have MLS Next Pro, the other option, where it's most reserved teams and then you have a couple independent clubs. But still, it's part of MLS umbrella. So that's what you got there from Lawrence Gerard. He did confirm that Chicago House will be returning to the Midwest Premier League this year that his club, New Amsterdam, will be playing in the Cosmopolitan Soccer League this fall. So that's what we got. But I figured some things just never change. Anyway, let's move on to recap on the latest news around NISA. All right, let's catch you up on all the latest news around NISA since our last episode. 
And as always, at least that's been the case lately, let's start with Chattanooga. Chattanooga FC, they have signed goalkeeper Jonathan Burke. So they got a goalkeeper now to back up Gene Antoine. Uh, Jonathan Burke, of course, he went to Drake University. He's a Naperville native. He went to He's from Naperville, Illinois. So that's pretty cool. And he was the 2022 Missouri Valley Conference Goalkeeper of the Year. We do got some more Chattanooga FC news that I'll get on to here in a bit. They also announced that they have named Davis Grizzard as interim CEO. Their current CEO, Jeremy Alumbaugh, he will leave the club at the end of the month to pursue a new endeavor. So the club announced this last week, and Jeremy Alumbaugh had a statement, and he will share more details on what's next for him down the road. So Chattanooga FC, you know, Jeremy Alumbaugh, he helped kind of guide the club, you know, as we, you know, through the pandemic, getting them back on track. And, you know, now they, they're in a good position. They did well last year in the league, and they're set up for even more success, especially all the players they got right now on their team. I'm very excited to see how far CFC can go. Uh, like we said, the, the last few years, the NISA championship trophy's been in Michigan. There's anybody that has a shot of getting that trophy out of Michigan, it would be Chattanooga FC. Now, we got to talk about that other team in Chattanooga, at least for 30 seconds. As Chattanooga Red Wolves, they have signed former Cal United Strikers midfielder Philippe Laborio Jr. So they added him, and they also signed former Albion San Diego midfielder Walter Varela. That was announced today. So their coach, Ziggy Kortowski, bringing in one of his former players. And I wouldn't be surprised if Coach Kortowski tries to bring in a few more former players that play with him during his time at Albion. Let's talk about another USL League One club that's been very busy lately. That would be Lexington Sporting Club. As they announced, they have signed former Chicago House AC midfielder So and Kim, also known as Soso. And uh, this news was announced yesterday, and I was actually, or I think it was Monday, but I was very excited for So So Man, you know, getting to work with him there when I was with, with Chicago House. And it was so cool just to kind of be a part of his journey. I recognize So So when we signed him, he, when we, he joined us, Chicago House, he kind of signed a little late like right before the season started because I think we had some injuries or we had some extra spots in our roster. And I remembered him because he had played with Oakland Roots previously, and I had watched him play when he was with the Oakland Roots. So I was like, wow, we're bringing in him and, you know, David Abador, two guys that played for the Roots. Like, that's awesome. So to kind of help this young team learn and grow, you know, with some veteran experience. And so, so, you know, he battled hard. He's an attacking midfielder, but can also, you know, shift and play on defense. So very versatile, like, you know, Anthony Bowie, another guy who, who talked in the past. And he was doing very well for Chicago House. And then I know late into our 
inaugural season in Nisa, he got injured. He had a knee injury and he was out for a while. And uh, he had to battle back. He had to work hard to, to battle back, to get back with, with the team. And I know with Chicago House, it was kind of going in transition for them, going from playing the pro league like Nisa and going down to semi-pro and play the Midwest Premier League. But even in the amateur league like Midwest Premier League, Soso excelled and did really well in the Midwest Premier League for Chicago House and getting him on a 10-match unbeaten streak. So that was really cool. And then, of course, during the Open Cup, he helped qualify for Chicago House to make it to the U.S. Open Cup for the first time in their house three, as we call it. And that was just so cool to see that. So I'm, I'm very happy for Soso seeing his progress work so hard to get back to the pro ranks. And I texted him on Monday to congratulate him. And, you know, he wished me the best of luck. And I certainly wish him all the best in Lexington Sporting Club. And he won't be the only Chicago House alum there. As our former director of ticket sales, that would be Scott Brumfield. He is down there in Lexington as well as their director of ticket sales in Lexington. So, so, so won't be alone. He'll have another former Chicago House employee there as well. So that's pretty cool. All right. Club De Leon, they announced that they have signed Matteo Borelli. Uh, Borelli, he had played for the UPSL team last fall and helped them qualify for the 2023 U.S. Open Cup. So that means that he will be he will not be able to play for Club De Leon FC when they play their U.S. Open Cup matches when that tournament starts. Now, this post is from – the next one is – I saw a tweet from Dan Creel, who's one of the co-hosts for the Nisa podcast. We tweeted the other day that Gold Star Detroit FC has signed defender Dakota Lobziger. Now, Lobziger, he had previously played for the Michigan Stars FC. So hopefully we'll hear some more signings on Gold Star Detroit FC soon. Now, former Chattanooga FC midfielder Ian Ciro, also a former Chicago House player as well, he has signed a contract with the USL Championship Club Rio Grande Valley FC. And another former house player that I got to work with, Ian, really cool guy, and happy to see him move up to the London level. He's now in the second division now. And Ian Cyril, this guy, he was playing kind of all over the place in the amateur ranks. I remember when I was working with house, Ian Cyril was with Milwaukee Torrent at the time, and we had played in the Nisa in the, uh, excuse me, we had played in the Nisa Independent Cup. I don't know why I always keep struggling saying that. And we played against this team, the Milwaukee Torrent, and we lost that game. He set up a cool cross. I forgot the guy's name who scored the goal, but one of the goals that he set up, it was pretty awesome. And when C.J. Brown told me that they were going to try to get him, they they were able to get him. And we, I think he brought him in after we played our first couple games. It took him the time to get him in the system, but he excelled with Chicago House. did really well. 
And because of that experience, it moved with Chattanooga FC, did really well with Chattanooga FC last year. And now he's going to Rio Grande Valley to play there for the, the Toros. So very excited for Ian Ciro as well. Now, one player that is coming back for Chattanooga FC that was announced this past week is defender Colin Stripling. He will return for the 2023 season. He made 28 appearances in his first year with the club last year, started 26 matches, and logged more than 2,200 minutes for the club. And Chattanooga FC, they also announced their two preseason matchups. So, as we mentioned, they got a big one this Saturday against Atlanta United, but they also announced a couple other matchups. So, on March 4th, they will have a preseason match against USL League One side, one Knoxville SC. That was a team that was in USL League Two last year, and now they moved up to play pro in USL League One this year. And they also announced today that they will play MLS Next Pro side expansion team, Huntsville City FC. That will be on Saturday, March 18th. All right, a couple Nisa Nation news stories to talk about. Not much, but the main story from Nisa Nation within the past week was that they announced another club officially to be part of the Southwest region in Nisa Nation in 2023, and that will be Olympiaco CA, as they will join the Southwest region in Nisa Nation for the spring 2023 season. Now, Olympiaco CA. They were originally Southern California FC Impact when they were formed in 2012. The club became an official academy and soccer school of famous Greek club Olympiakos FC in 2014. They were strictly a youth organization until 2019. Olympiakos CA was the Southwest Premier League's 2022 spring season champions and participated in the 2022 Nisa Independent Cup. So let me just read you a quote from their owner, George Versikis, I hope I pronounced that right. He said, quote, with the support of Olympiacos, we were able to create a strong and professional program while sending our best players to try out for the top academies in Europe. Our success as league champions for Southwest Premier League and our status as a serious adult team caught the attention of Olympiacos in Greece, and they felt there was a conflict of interest with patent and copyrights. And so we chose to mutually end our affiliation while keeping our contacts, friendly relationships, and the brand Olympiacos CA. Now we're looking to grow into the professional ranks in the U.S. And we're proud to be taking this step as part of the NISA organization. End quote. So that is pretty cool to see that Olympiacos CA is in the league and they also said here in the press room, the club will continue to operate two reserve teams in the Southwest Premier League. Now, that's the only team that's been officially announced in the past week. I did see on Twitter today that Nisa Nation is also looking to return to the NorCal region and is accepting applications. So my guess is that they're gonna they're working on right now to bring back teams to bring back the Pacific region. So 
it'll be interesting to see when the league will start announcing clubs from the NorCal area. So that's all I got on Nisa Nation so far. Let's get into my final thoughts. All right, for my final thoughts for this episode, I figured this would be a good time to focus on the NISA League affiliates and see what's going on there. So let's start with the Mountain Premier League. They have announced their West Division for the spring 2023 season. Now, this is going to be the first time they have a West Division. And they got three teams so far, but the plan is to have five teams. So the teams they announced so far, Provo Athletic, Utah FC Spider, and African Stars FC. Those are the clubs that have been announced so far. And they plan to have five teams. They also announced their teams in the East Division. And they have one new team that's going to be part of that, Real Colorado. So they will join alongside Denver West SC and Peak 11 FC in the East Regional Division for the spring 2023 season. And the season is expected to begin in mid-March. That's the latest that we got so far from the Mountain Premier League. All right, let's move south to the Gulf Coast Premier League as they have added some expansion teams recently. They announced Southern States SC, it's a club based in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, that they'll be joining the league. They also announced Daggers CTX, that's uh, Central Texas, but they will be joining the league as well. So Central Texas Lobos won't be by themselves. They have another Texas team. Of course, the Daggers CTX will be based in Florida, Texas, an area I know pretty well because my parents were in the U.S. Army, and before they retired, their last place they were stationed at was in Fort Texas. And I lived in Coppice Cove, which is right next door to Fort Hood. So I've been to Fort many times. I was actually just there last month during the holidays because my mom's retired from the Army, so she still picks up some things at the commissary there. But, yeah, they're going to – play at Forward Stadium, which I've driven by that area. It's pretty cool. And they're going to focus on, you know, getting young athletes, you know, opportunity to play as well as, you know, soldier athletes to play soccer. So that is pretty cool. And then today they announced the return of the Louisiana crew. So they will return to the Gulf Coast Premier League. So that's what we got so far from the Gulf Coast Premier League. Let's go to the Northwest, the Pacific Northwest, as we have the Cascadia Premier League. Now, they've only announced one new club, at least that I could find recently, and that is Spokane Shadow, which I heard of them. They did play the MPSL in the past. They are now going to be in the Cascadia Premier League as its latest expansion team, yeah, I know the Cascadia Premier League, they have three divisions, so I'm assuming Spokane Shadow will be in the first division. And finally, let's talk about the Midwest Premier League. And 
that league has literally taken over the state of Michigan. Like, it's crazy, guys. They have announced six teams in the last, you know, couple, I want to say at least the last month in Michigan. So let me just give you a refresh here. So United West FC, that's Grand Rapids, Michigan. Liquid Football, that's based in Detroit, Michigan. Holland Rovers FC, Holland, Michigan. AIMSC, that is Dearborn, Michigan. Thundercats SC, Chesterfield, Michigan. And Troy United FC in Troy, Michigan. So the Midwest Premier League has taken over Michigan. And I was looking at the website. So for the East Division, that's primarily been, you know, Michigan, all Michigan division until they had announced 1927 Sport Club. That's in Indiana. That team at Chicago House had played in the Open Cup qualifiers. So they'll be the only non-Michigan team in that division. But in that division alone, they have, or I said division, I meant East, East Conference. They have 16 Michigan teams, guys. 16. That's double than the NPSL and USL League 2 Michigan teams combined. NPSL only has two Michigan teams. USL League 2 only has six teams. And the Midwest Premier League has double. 16. That is crazy, man. Now, I know the Midwest Premier League has not officially announced their schedule. And I know everyone is freaking out about schedules and this and that, blah, blah. Look, guys, Nisa's not the only D3 league that has announced schedule. MLS Next Pro, at least as a recording on this podcast on Wednesday night, they have not announced their schedule for the season yet either. But to be fair, MLS Next Pro has at least confirmed all the teams that are going to play in the league. Nisa, they haven't done that yet. Nisa, come on, man. What are we waiting for? Let's go. Let's go. So, yeah, that was my final lot, just to give you guys a recap on what's been happening in the affiliates leagues. We got to give them some love on this show as well as Nisa Nation. And, of course, Nisa Pro. All right, everyone. Well, maybe after I post this episode, the league will finally release the schedule. But who knows? But with that, that will conclude today's episode of Nisa nice Day FC. And if you guys like the show, have any feedback, comments, or suggestions, you can reach out to me on my personal Twitter page at JT underscore Taylor 88 and send me any direct messages there. If you like the show and want to keep up with all the latest updates, you can follow us on our social media pages. We're on Facebook at Nisa Today FC. We're on Instagram at Nisa underscore Today FC. And we're also on Twitter at Nisa underscore Today FC. Well, it's snowing here in Chicago, so I will make the most of it and catch up on some shows. But you guys enjoy the rest of your week, and I'll see you next time. Bye for now.